At this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. So ushers, if you could please prepare for that. Well, as you heard, for our children's ministry, we're actually having an Easter egg hunt during service. And uh, it was so funny because last year, we had an Easter egg hunt for the children as well during the services. And I have three little girls. I have one who's five, one who's three, going to be four, and one that just turned one earlier this year. But last year, uh, it was so funny because my oldest two daughters, they did the Easter egg hunt and they came back with a lot of eggs. And so me and my wife, Katie, were like, you know what, we're going to... We're going to do our own Easter egg hunt do it just for family. And so we actually went and got like over 300 eggs for just two kids. And every egg had candy in it. I don't know what I was thinking. And neither did my wife. And so she looks at me. She's like, why did you get so much eggs? Why did you buy so much candy? And I said, because I love my girls and I'm going to go above and beyond and I'm going to be crazy for them. We're going to have to deal with it later. But I love them so much, I want them to just have fun because I'm willing to go above and beyond for them. And you know what's so amazing is that our Father in Heaven is the same way towards us. He goes above and beyond for each and every one of us. And on this day that we call Easter, it's exactly what He did. He sent His Son to pay the price for our sins. And then on this day, His Son rose from the dead to give us eternal life. And what, a, and what a joy it is, because when we give our tithes and offerings, what we're, do is, what we're actually doing is we're actually partnering with the Lord so that others, not just here in Hilo, but all over the world, can experience the same hope that we can have today. And so this morning, maybe you're visiting us for the very first time, and if that's you, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, just receive this service as a gift. Maybe you're visiting us from another church, and we just want to continue to encourage you to continue to give wherever you attend service regularly. But if New Hope Church is where you call home, if this is where you come regularly for service, and this is where you, you're allowing God to do great things in your life, would you know that as we give unto God, he's going to allow, he's, he's, we're going to be able to partner with him so that more and more people can experience his love. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray for our tithes and offerings this morning? Lord, on this day we call Easter, Lord. It's the day that you rose from the dead, Lord. And Lord, the beauty is you're still risen. And Lord, you're still touching the lives of your people. And so, Lord, this morning as we, as we give you our tithes and our offerings, Lord, we do so with a cheerful heart knowing that, Lord, you're allowing us to partner with you in your desire that none shall perish but have eternal life. I pray, Lord, that for those who give, Lord, you let them know that what they're doing right now has eternal rewards because everything you do is to affect someone's eternity. And, Lord, I pray that as we celebrate this day, what a joy it is that we get to partner with you to remember your sacrifice, your power, your glory, and your love. We continue to look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are. We pray this all in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Well, happy Easter. It is Easter Sunday. And you know what's amazing is that we get to celebrate our risen king. You know, it's interesting because if you look at the Old Testament, actually the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. And in the Old Testament, it actually addresses that in the, in the Old Testament days, whenever we fell short, whenever humans sinned and, and made mistakes, we had to give an offering or, or a sacrifice well, 
God loves you and I so much. He goes above and beyond for you and I that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be the last sacrifice because he's the lamb of God. So would you join us today as we welcome our team as we present to you the lamb of God this Easter. Your blood poured out 
powerful. See, God's love for us is eternal. And I'm so thankful that we get to learn in, the, in that kind of way. So can we say thank you to our team one more time? They did such a wonderful job. That's a lot of work put into that. You know, we're in this series called His Wisdom or His Kingdom and His Wisdom. And, and part of it is because we live with two different kingdoms in our world. Isn't it true that we have the kingdom of the world, the way the world operates, and then you have the kingdom of God? So you're going to have those two always in opposition. And so that's where we are in life. We have those two kind of kingdoms against each other. Well, God is here to bring some wisdom so that we can understand that we have been redeemed for something. God redeemed us for a reason. We all get ready for a day like this. Whether it's getting your house prepared or like this week is Mary Monarch. I got this beautiful shirt, Lola Miller Designs, and such a wonderful, like I feel like I have to, I have to say aloha, aloha. Like I want to, it's just the mood. It just puts you in that mood. So getting ready this week, uh, leading up to this day, I wake up yesterday morning with a stiff neck. I can't move my neck and I'm thinking, what happened? I didn't do anything, which is what we say when we get older. Like, why am I hurt? I didn't do anything. Oh, because I'm older. So it happens. Our bodies break down. I get up with a stiff neck, and I want to uh, mow my lawn because we have Easter Sunday at my house, so I want to do my yard. So I do my yard. I mow the lawn, and, and weed whack and all of that, get it nice and everything. So everything is done, and I go to sleep last night with the window open, nice breeze coming through, fan is on because it was a little hot. I get up this morning stuffy because I think all the cut grass, right, all of the, the little whatever those things are floating in the air got like, like an allergy attack this morning at 4 o'clock when we get up. So I couldn't breathe, and then I get an asthma attack. So I have asthma. I can't breathe, so I'm trying to brush my teeth. Have you ever tried brushing your teeth through your mouth breathing? You can't breathe through your nose. It's very difficult. So I'm dealing with all of this. I drive here to church. And I'm sharing this because we're all family. I have mouthwash in my car for personal hygiene. So I'm driving into the parking lot. I put mouthwash in my mouth. And you're supposed to swish it for like 30 seconds to a minute. Now I'm thinking as I'm doing this, I can't breathe through my nose. So I'm thinking, like, what do I do? So I have to get oxygen. So I pull over on the back. I open my door to spit out. And I can't breathe by then. And I move real quick. My seatbelt gets locked. So I'm like. <laughs> so I got to wash my car door because <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I got some stuff on it. And, and so I get here and early in the morning cannot breathe. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm better. See, chicken nut bread. Some of you didn't even get that. But, but I'm thinking, just, that's just yesterday and this morning, just getting prepared for today. Things may not go your way all the time. If you get up in the morning and you think you're going to have a perfect day, you're setting yourself up for already an imperfect day. Even this morning, it's Resurrection Sunday. Honey, we're going to go to church. Family, let's go to church. But you're fighting in the car. Some of you fought right outside in the parking lot. That, honey, go park. I don't like park over there. Don't park it. It's close. I park on this side. Park on that side. Oh, I don't like park. You drive. Jump out of the car. Just let the car go. It's like, you drive. And you fight on your way to church. 
And then you're walking in. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. He is risen. He is risen. Hey, honey, hold my hand. Hold my hand. They're watching. Hold my, hold my hand. The kids running around. It's like, oh, that's not my kids. I don't know whose kids is that. So you're trying your very best to have a perfect Sunday. But we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people. So you're not going to have a perfect day, which brings us to Jesus Christ. Because we're not going to have a perfect day nor a perfect life, how do we even come to a perfect God? How do we do that? Because when it comes to God, sometimes we think, oh, I have to get my life together, then God will accept me. Well, when does that happen? At what point do you think we're so well-behaved that God says, oh, my ka'i. See? See the Hawaiian words coming out? It's the shirt, I'm telling you. Uh, that now you're well-behaved, now I can receive you. No, that's not what he says. In fact, he says this in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. If you have your notes, you can take that out. The Bible tells us this, that God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, that's what it means to be redeemed. Redeemed doesn't mean you did something and now you're valuable. Redeems mean, it re, it redeem means this is where you are and I give you that value. We used to collect these uh, candy wrappers when I was growing up. They had this, I don't know if it was, a, it was a, just a promotion that the candy manufacturers were doing, but I read on this small writing on the candy, it said, if you collect these and turn them in, you'll get cash back. If you collected, I think, 10 wrappers, you get $2. Uh, if you collect 15 wrappers or 20 or something like that, you get $5. So there was some type of fund or, or money that you would get back. So when my friends would be eating candy and they would throw away their wrapper, I'd say, hey, what are you doing? So I would, I would go into the rubbish can and go get it after they threw it away. And they're looking at me like, what are you doing? I said, this is worth money. This is worth money. I have to collect these. So I became like a, you know, collection person of candy wrappers. And my friends are wondering, what is wrong with you? And I didn't want to tell them because they're going to steal my money. If they take all the wrappers, then I, I don't, I'm not going to have. So when I redeemed the wrapper, they would send me a check and $5, sometimes $2. And I would get money from rubbish. And then they started to catch on. And so they started collecting wrappers. And I'm thinking, come on, man. Now I, now I don't have money. Bottles were collected. I would find bottles, collect them, and turn them in. Now, the bottles were the worst because they were dirty. They were filled with water and other type of, you know, like amoeba, bacteria, whatever else. So that was the worst one. But I didn't look forward to cleaning them. I looked forward to the end result. That's what I looked forward to. That's what it means to redeem. Redeem means that whatever condition it's in, that's what you get. But that's not what adds the value. What added the value was the person who was paying for it. In this case, the candy manufacturers and the bottle companies or whoever else we turn this into. When Jesus looks at us, he sees the value in us. While we see a piece of paper, just rubbish, a wrapper, a bottle, something that's dirty and something that needs cleaning, we see that in each other and sometimes in ourselves that we're just, this is our value. And God says, 
no, I don't, I don't see that. I, I see so much more value in you. While other people see rubbish, God sees value. Redemption. That's why he redeemed us, because he sees value in us. See, when others see garbage in you, God sees greatness. He redeemed us for a reason. The value of something is not determined by what you think it is. The value of something is determined by how much someone is willing to pay for it. And God gave us his one and only son that the weekend of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days caused three events that changed history and changes our lives. The death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and then the resurrection of Jesus. And the fact that he rose from the grave was, it proved that Jesus said who he said he was. See, anyone, and you know, there were many people who died on the cross. It was the Romans' crucifixion. That's, that was their execution, their way of executing criminals. That's how they died. But the only one who rose from the grave from that execution was Jesus. The cross wasn't a symbol of hope. It wasn't a symbol of God's redemptive power. It was a, it was a symbol of humiliation. Only Jesus can redeem something that was meant for humiliation. It's the hope of Jesus Christ, the cross of Christ. On, on what we celebrate Good Friday as, that's when Jesus died on the cross, and that's when he said these two words. He said, I thirst. In other words, Jesus died and, and suffered physically for you and I. And he suffered physically because he knows that you and I will go through physical suffering in this world. And he says, I want to show you that I don't want you to suffer for all of eternity, so I'm going to take on the suffering for you. Therefore, I want to exchange my life with yours. And what he means by that is eternal life. He wants to give us eternal life where there is no more suffering. Some of you today will receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. He's been tugging at your heart. And all throughout this morning, you've been sensing God drawing you close to himself. We're going to give you an opportunity to say yes to God. We have a yes table back there where we're going to give you a free Bible and some reading material. It'll help you with your walk with Jesus. But right after service, when you say yes to Jesus, I want to meet you there and pray with you if need be. But I would love to personally meet you because you're going to say yes to Jesus. That is going to be the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. After Jesus rose from the grave, we find these two disciples are walking, if you read the Bible, on the road to Emmaus. And as they're walking, they don't recognize that it's Jesus. They just, they're talking with him. And then Jesus appears to the other disciples. And so as they're talking with him, they're wondering, okay, who is this person? And then Jesus disappears in their midst. And then they realize that it was Jesus. And then they say this, were not our hearts burning when he was speaking to us? See, when God speaks to you, you sense that. There's just something that only God can do. That it's not confused with voices. It's not confused with something else. There's the spirit of the living God that speaks to us, that draws us close to himself. And then on that Sunday morning, Mary and Mary Magdalene and a couple others went to the tomb and they looked in and they, they saw that it was empty. And, and as they're at the tomb, they're going to anoint the body of Jesus. They're going to bring in spices and things like that. But then they, they notice that the stone is rolled away and 
And the only thing in there is the clothing of Jesus nightly, nicely folded. And they're wondering, where is he? And in fact, they have, they said there were angels there. And they're asking these women, what are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus, our Lord. Where have they taken him? They didn't even understand that he rose from the grave, even though he said he was. And then they say this to her. Let's read it together in Matthew 28, verse 6. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. See, the resurrection proves that Jesus said who he said he was. That Jesus, when, when Jesus said, this is who I am, it proved that what he said is true. It's accurate. Many die on the cross. Many died in that execution on that, or for execution, or they were executed for what they did. But only Jesus did what he did. Everyone dies. But Jesus rose from the grave for you and I to show us that there is a way back to the Father, that he redeemed us for a reason. He, is all, he, he has given all of us forgiveness. That's the sacrificial payment that Jesus gave. See, every single one of us, we're able to find not just our purpose in life, but that eternal life when it comes to the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ by understanding why he redeemed us. We're going to take a look at three simple reasons why he redeemed us and, and how that affects our lives. The first one is this, that Jesus wants to heal our hurts. That's why he came. He came to heal our hurts. I, just think about it from a parent's perspective. We don't like when our children get hurt. We don't like when our children fall down and they get hurt, especially when they're little babies and they're just learning how to walk and they get hurt. We, we comfort them. We cuddle them and we, we say, oh, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Sometimes as dads, we're a little different. We look at it and we say, eh, no more blood, no sense cry. And then they say, there is blood, eh, no more bone. Like we always, right, we try to toughen them up. No more blood, well, no more bone, eh, not falling off. So we, we do that to comfort our children. As grandparents, it's even worse. With my grandchildren, uh, one of them got soap in their eye the other night. They were bathing and they got soap in their eye. So I'm trying to, you know, uh, uh, dry them off. So... I noticed that his eye is burning. He's saying, Papa, my eye is burning. I said, oh, okay, let's go rinse it off. So I'm rinsing off his eye in the sink. And he starts crying because it's burning. And I'm just throwing water on his eye. So it's maybe traumatic for him. So I said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And so I'm rinsing out his eye. And then he's done. I'm, I'm drying him off. And I say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I look at my son. He's looking at me like, you didn't do that to me. And I, <laughs> I soap in my eyes like, too bad, burn. But... <laughs> There's a, I don't know what happens with grandparents if something changes, but we don't, we don't like to see when they're hurt. We don't like when they're going through that, and, and neither does God. He hurts when you hurt. That's why he went to the cross. See, hurt is not the issue. Every single one of us are going to be hurt. We're going to get hurt in life. It's a part of humanity because of our sinful nature. We hurt people, and people hurt us. Hurt is not the issue. Being damaged now, that's the issue. Hurt, you can very rarely control. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Someone hurts you. But you do have a choice for being damaged. We're all going to get hurt. But we have a choice to be damaged. 
what Jesus does is he comes in and he says, I want to heal your hurt because I don't want you to stay damaged. I want to heal that broken heart, that pain, that suffering that you're going through. In the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus reads this, and it's, it's talking about himself, and he reads out of the book of Isaiah, and he reads this, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. When Jesus said, he anointed me, what he's saying by that is that, that God has set me apart to be used for him. That word anoint is not a super spiritual word. It really means to smear. That's what it means, anoint, to smear. But what they smeared was this anointing oil. And that oil was used as a representation to say that the Spirit of God is on this, that is being anointed, that it is consecrated. Set apart for me. That's what the word consecrate means. It's set apart for me. So Jesus said, I am set apart to be used by the Father, knowing that he was going to die for our sins and then rise from the grave to give us eternal life. And we do the very same thing. We may not use the word anoint or put oil on it, but we put our names on our coolers. Especially if you're going to, yeah, that person's house. Say, hey, 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 put my name on the cooler, eh, honey, honey, put my name on the cooler. Really big, Loxena. Engrave, engrave them in because we're going to uncle's house. And you know, so-and-so, they always borrow our coolers. So put, I don't know why I go into like some type of local style uncle mode when I'm doing that, but could be aunties too. Honey, put the name on the cooler. We do that because it's set apart for you. You own that cooler. That's yours. Well, God, God put his name on us by Jesus being anointed, dying for us. It's like God engraved his name on our hearts. And so if anything, throughout our life, whenever things don't go well and we feel like I just want to toss in the towel, I want to throw it in, a, throw in the towel, I want to give up, God says, no, 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 but you belong to me. There's a reason why I wrote my name on your heart. Because you belong with me. That you're, you're not someone to just throw away. You're so valuable to me that I wrote my name on your heart. And I did that with my very own blood. That it's not something in Sharpie ink, but I did that with my very own blood. That I wrote my name on your hearts. That's what it means to be redeemed. That God redeemed us for himself. Some of the people questioned Jesus because Jesus was hanging around with sinners. And so they questioned Jesus. They said, why are you hanging around, this is the term they use, with such scum? Think of the heart of Jesus, the very creation whom he loves. People said, why are you hanging around with those people, such scum? I love Jesus' response in Mark chapter 2, verse 11, oh, excuse me, verse 17. When Jesus heard this, he told them, you know, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. See, we're all sick because of sin. Sin caused an irreversible disease to happen throughout mankind. It was our disobedience to God. And you may think, I didn't, I didn't sin against God. Why am I born a sinner? Well, Adam and Eve sinned. And then through that entire bloodline, we all inherit that sinful nature, so by birth, 
We're born into a sinful nature. That's why Jesus needs to redeem us, to add value back to us, because sin separated us from God, and now our value seems like is no more. God says, no, you're still valuable. I will redeem you. That's why Jesus said, sick people is what I came for. The healthy, they think they're healthy. What can you do with healthy people? They won't go to the doctors. Sometimes sick people won't either. I mean, how often have we been, like when I got up with that stiff back and, you know, sometimes your leg is cramping or, or maybe you have this cough that's uncontrollable or sneezing all day long and, and someone tells you, what's the matter? Oh, I feel sick. Did you go to the doctor? What do we say? No. We could be hunched over. It's like, what's the matter? I don't know. I get this sharp pain and every time I cough, oh my goodness, my eyeball fall out. And so it's like <laughs> uncontrollable. Did you go to the doctor? No, I don't like go to the doctor. How come? Because I know what's wrong. I know what's wrong. It's like, yeah, but you don't want to know what's wrong. You want to know how to correct it. That's what Jesus was saying. He's saying, if you think you got it all together, you feel like you don't need correction. But we're all sick because of sin, so therefore those who know they're sick, they know they need to get better. That's why Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. See, Jesus doesn't just undo hurt because you can't undo hurt. We, we would hope to undo hurt. You can't undo something when it's been done to you. When someone says something to you and it hurts or something has been done to you and it hurts or you did something to someone and that hurt them. You can't undo that. But Jesus doesn't undo anything. He heals it. That's what he does so well. Your hurt is a comma, not a period. Hurt is not the end. Because Jesus can heal our hurt. We've been through hurts. You've been through hurts. And maybe because of that healing that Jesus wants to bring, maybe he wants to use you now for those who are going through hurts. Because you have that experience. You can let them know, no, this is not the end. Isn't that true as parents? We tell that to our teenagers. They're like, but it's over already. It's over. I don't know why far. It's over. Can I even look my Instagram post? Nobody would like them. And you're like, it's okay, honey. I've been through this. It's okay. So I'm just teasing, but our, our children go through something, and as parents, we try to comfort them. Why? Because we know that that's not the end. Your breakup, that's not the end. This is not the end. That's why with Jesus, it's not the end when we hurt, because he can heal. And now God has given you such wisdom to help someone else, which brings us to the second thing, that Jesus when he redeems us, gives us a purpose. He gives us a life purpose. Every single person has a purpose in this life that no one else can do. Only you can. And Jesus wants to give you that purpose. I was bathing my dogs same day yesterday. And we go through the same routine with our dogs. When I'm bathing them, I have to talk to them because they don't want to bathe. And I, any of you who own dogs, you talk to your dogs. And I'm talking to them. I'm saying, no, you're going to want this. You're going to like this. After we're done, you're, you're going to be fine. Like every time, every time we do this, you're fine. I'm trying to bathe them. And then they're shaking. I'm like, stop shaking. The more you shake, the longer it's going to take. You got to remember that. The more you shake, the longer it takes. And then the other dog is watching and just waiting. I'm like, you don't act. Because the moment he's done, you're going to come next. And then when you're next, you're like, oh, I don't like, I don't like. So right now, just stay right there. So I'm bathing my dogs. It's hot. It's sweaty. I have stiff neck trying to bathe these dogs. 
And I keep telling them, you're going to feel better. You're going to like this after. Remember the other time? Remember the other time we bathed? Yeah, when you were done and I cleaned you off and you're running in the back. You guys are all home free. But now you're acting like, oh, no, I don't like this. But you will like this. So I'm done. I bathe them too. They're done. They're happy. They're free. They're running. And I, I was laughing at that because I'm thinking, that sounds like God to me. Like God is saying, here's some things in your life. I want to give you a greater purpose. I see the end result. And I'm like, oh, but I don't want to change. I don't like change. You're going to like this. You're going to like, I don't, I don't I like this right now. Yeah, you don't like this right now. But afterwards, you're going to be free. You can run about. Remember my promises? Remember all my promises? Yes, God. Well, that's what it's like right now. You may be going through all of this, but I have a life purpose for you. There is a reason why I'm bathing you. Not because you're dirty, but because I see your future. And I'm preparing you for something great. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Only God does that. That's his promise to you. So whatever we go through, anytime we go through something, instead of saying, oh, I hate this, why, why, why? Say, wait a minute, Lord, what are you teaching me? There's something that I need to learn because I have a purpose in life. See, we see all the disaster in the world, sometimes even in our own family, mass school shootings, wars in our world, terrorism, violence, division. Get this, we have division in the United States of America. Like, it doesn't go together. We have division in the United States of America, which tells us this. No law brings unity. We still need laws, but if we're looking to laws to bring unity, it's not going to happen. You know what brings unity? The Spirit of God. Yeah, but the Spirit of God, if that were true, there would be no disunity in the church. No, there's disunity in the church, not because of the Spirit of God. It's because of the Spirit of man. We bring disunity. God brings unity. And through all of this disaster, whenever God sees this, and whenever we look at our world, it doesn't change that God still has plans for us. That every single person has that purpose, that you can make a difference even where you are. And I'm sure we've heard that before, that, oh, I can make a difference, I can make a difference. What difference am I making? I get up, I work, I come home, I'm clean. Get up, work, clean. Yell at the kids, yell at the spouse. That's all I do. Clean up, clean up, clean up, clean up. That's all I do. What difference am I making? I love the story that, that really makes sense to me. And I, I, I usually go back to this story that, to help me understand making a difference. And you might have heard this before. It's, the, it's where the child is walking on the, on the beach and he sees all these starfish, like thousands of starfish. And he's thinking, boy, they're so far from the water. I need to save them. So he picks up a starfish and he throws it in the water. He sees another one. He throws it in the water. Here comes this other man and he looks at this kid and he's saying, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm, I'm saving the starfish. And the man looks around and he says, there's thousands of starfish. What difference are you making? And he's holding a starfish. The little kid looks at him and he says, well, I'm making a difference for this one. Picks up another one. I'm making a difference for this one. He throws it back in. Picks up another one, making a difference for this one. Yeah, you may not be world famous, but you can make a difference where you are with your children. You make a difference for your children 
you make a difference in your family. You might be a school teacher, and you may feel that you're not making a difference. But as a school teacher, you're making an unbelievable difference. You may be a coach. As snappy as you are during the games, <laughs> you watch what happens with these children as they grow up. Yeah, you got to work on the anger part. I understand that. But you're doing something in our community, your community, in your workplace. You may think that, oh, you know, I'm not making a difference here. This is all I do. No, you're, you've been redeemed with a purpose. As a parent, God, God has given us parents responsibility for his children. Oh, that's his kids. Give them back then. <laughs> but it's his children. It's, he's given us that responsibility as parents. You're making a difference. You're doing something great for the kingdom of God. It's his kingdom. Therefore, he's going to give us his wisdom. Wherever we may be, in your, in your schoolroom or in your, in your classroom, in school, it could be at work, in the church, in your community, wherever you are. Because this is what the Bible tells us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. In other words, God wants to use us to do great things. We call it repent. That we would repent and be saved. That means turning from our ways and heading in God's direction. Repent really means to change our mind. To change the way we've been thinking. So he says, repent, change the way you think, and now head in my direction. Because I want to give you that future and the hope. Mark Twain said it best. He said, the two most important days in a person's life is, is the day you were born and then the day you find out why. And for some of us, we've never found out the reason why we were born. And Jesus wants to redeem us so that we can find out why. Why he created us. Why does he want to redeem us? And so after service, and I said it earlier, but just to reiterate, if, if you receive Jesus today, then I want to meet you at our yes table, give you a free gift. It's a Bible that will help you with your walk with Christ. But he wants to redeem us because he sees the future that he has prepared for us. You've been redeemed for a reason, and now it's your turn to help another starfish. And God wants to use you in that way. The last thing we learn from being redeemed is that Jesus wants to give us life. Just think about that, life. God wants to give us life. And not just living, because we can all exist. We all have life, as it were. We're living and breathing. But he wants to give us true life. We, we all yearn for that. There's something inside of us that says there has to be something more. Like you're never satisfied until you fulfill your purpose. There's just something in you that keeps pulling you in that direction. You're saying, but I'm not satisfied for some reason. And God says, let me satisfy that. I need to be your satisfaction. Not just doing stuff in this world. Because when my spirit is in you, you'll be satisfied. And when you're satisfied with my spirit, now that I lead you to accomplish your purpose, it's not your purpose that really satisfies you. It's my spirit in you. But when you see that you're fulfilling your purpose for me, Boy, does that resonate in your soul. And he gives all of us a purpose. He gives us that new life. You know, I grew up in the 80s, and the one thing that I really enjoy about the 80s was not the way we dressed, that's for sure. But it was, how many of you grew up in the 80s? Like, that was your, your younger years, 10 years old, 11, 12. Okay, just wanted to see your age, that's all. In the 80s, in the 80s, they, they came up with this, for me at that time, it was so great. 
It was called Arcade. That was the, and we all had to go physically to the arcade. And if you had a quarter and you were really good at certain games, you could stay there for a long time. Some of my favorite games was Pac-Man, Galaga, uh, what was another one? Like, yeah, Tron, whatever else, Joust. Uh, yeah, you're, you're like, yeah, this is my favorite game. So we all had these favorite games, Ms. Pac-Man. Oh, she wasn't married. Huh, okay. So you had all of these games. But one of the greatest sounds playing these games is when you had extra life. Even today, if you're a gamer, you, you make sure you have life. That's the main thing, that you have life. Because it's when you have life that you can do the greatest damage. If you and I just live to exist, that's as far as we go. But Jesus wants to give us more life so that we can do the greatest damage in our world, not in a negative way, but in a positive way, that we push back the forces of darkness with this new life that Jesus has given to us. John 10.10 10 tells us this, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Let's read this next part together. Ready? Go. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what Jesus did for us. See, you don't really get extra life from life. You don't get extra life from life. You can't get extra life from life. But Jesus gives you an extra opportunity at life. He gives you another chance at life. We get that life from the author of life. And here's what he means, that because he was the one who defeated sin and he overcame death and was raised to life, he gives us that same resurrection power that is needed to do the same with our life. That whenever you feel like you're going backwards or you're not, you're not up to that par or that mark or you're not, you're not where you want to be, he said you feel like life is you're like you're dying, like you're drained of life. He says, I want to give you life. I want to breathe new life into you. That you almost feel like I don't matter anymore. And he says, I want to give you life. I want to heal your hurt. I want to give you that purpose. And I want to give you more life than you could ever dream of. And it's all because he is risen. I'm going to invite up our team as we conclude that they're going to remind us that this resurrection power was given to you and I, that he is risen. I have a friend, his name is Ricky, and I watched him grow up, and he posted something on Instagram, and I said, hey, Ricky, can I share this on Sunday, which is today? And he says, yeah, absolutely. But he, he, he posted this on his Instagram post, and he said, and he used the scripture, John three sixteen, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So he posts this and he says this, when I was growing up, I used to collect basketball cards. And some of you have done that or maybe you still do. But there was something that showed you how much your card was worth. Remember what it was? Yeah, it was the Beckett guide. It was the Beckett price guide. So he looked at one of his cards and it was worth $75. So he takes it to the card shop and he says, hey, I want to redeem this for the $75 that this says it's worth. Well, the person at the card shop says, oh, I, I'll give you 40. He says, 40? No, no, no. On here it says it's, it's 75. And he says, no, I'll give you 40 because I need to make a profit. And Ricky shared that he realized at that point 
the value of something is not determined by what that value you think it is. But the value of something is determined by how much the next person is willing to pay for it. And God was willing to give you everything of himself by sending us his one and only son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. You want to know how much you're worth? You are priceless. And because he has risen, we celebrate that he has given us new life. Can you welcome our team as they share with us that he is risen?
same power that crushed the enemy. The same power, the same power, the same power lives in me. The same power, the same power that crushed the enemy. The same power, the same power, the same power lives in me. The same power, the same power that crushed the enemy. The same power, the same power, the same power lives in me. These days forever This is Resurrection Sunday. Can we thank our team one more time? For he is arisen. That's the one we serve. We serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment because I think this is your moment. God has been speaking to you all your life. And maybe today you could recognize his voice. And maybe today he stirred something in you that you never knew was there. But I'm here to tell you that he wants to redeem you. You're so much more valuable than you think you are. And he has a purpose for you. And so with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, if you're saying, I want Jesus in my life today. I, I sense that, that tug on my heart. And you want to give your life to Jesus. I'll pray with you, but could you just lift a hand real briefly? You're saying, I want Jesus in my heart today. Yeah, okay, God sees you. Yeah, many of you, God sees you. Yeah, just hold your hands up. God sees your hands, but he sees your hearts. Yeah, God bless you back here. Right here, right here, all of you, right there, back there, all of you too, all of you back there. God sees you right over here. Yeah, God sees me. Yeah, he's tugging at your heart. It's eternal life that he wants to give to you. Put your hands down. Lord, I pray for all these that are calling out to you. And it's because of your spirit that they're doing so. You created us with a purpose. No one else defines that except you. Even as believers, Lord, sometimes we, we go astray. We get off track. We get distracted in life. But today, because of your resurrection power, we turn our lives to you for we have been redeemed with a purpose. And so as we pray this prayer, even as believers, Lord, we say this prayer as a reminder of how good you are. 
But for those of you who are praying this for the very first time, as I say the words and you include your heart, this is what we call salvation. This one prayer is how you connect to God for all of eternity. That one day, as he calls you to come home to him, to a perfect place called heaven, he is preparing everything for you. And when you get there, it'll be perfect, created just for you, your very own special place, a home in heaven. Let's pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to give me eternal life. I believe in you and I thank you for redeeming me. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, that's our prayer. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for the resurrection power that you give to all of us so that we can find our way back to you. What a wonderful God you are. Thank you for being the resurrected king. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen, amen, amen. Let's welcome these who said yes to Jesus this morning. What a great decision.